This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3176 for Monday, the 5th of October 2020. Today's show is entitled HPR Community News for September 2020 and is part of the series HPR Community News. It is the 170th show of HPR volunteers and is about 70 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is HPR volunteers talk about shows released and comments toasted in September the 2020. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello, everybody. My name is Ken Fallon. You're listening to another episode of Hacker Public Radio Community News, this time for September 2020. Joining me this evening is Mr. Dave Morris. Silence, truncation. You'll have fun with that. Hello. Hi, everybody. And this is HPR, the tech podcast, the longest running tech podcast in the world, maybe, except for the Linuxing Tech Show, perhaps. I guess. I have no idea. If they just stopped broadcasting for a few a while, then we could take over. <laughs> yes. As number one. Anyway, this show is a look back at uh, the shows that have been posted and the news around the HPR community for September 2020. But before we do that, a little reminder that we are a community podcast in which the shows are submitted to us from people very much like you. And we were just discussing, Dave, the state of the queue. Do you want to give the required why haven't you sent in the show speech? (laughs) Well, um, there are Somewhere in the region of 260 slots per year. So, um, and we've got 300 plus hosts on the book. So, we really could do with people, anybody who has ever sent in a show, sending one in per year. And anybody who's listening, well, it's time to make your contribution because it's not that hard, you know. I, I hear people say this. Oh, I like HPR. And you say, well, you're going to put in a show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll just need to think of, uh, of what to do. But uh, <laughs> it shouldn't be that hard because you just listen to what's on the on the network at the moment because there's, um, there's a lot of interesting things. And I'm sure there's stuff that you know that you could share with the community. So come on. First thing that you should share is the fact that you exist and who you are and where you're listening from and a little bit of background. And then we will do their requests by asking for more information on those shows. And then you're part of the team. Indeed. Just looking at the, uh, at the main page and it, we have just turned 15 years, Dave, 
15 years old Ooh. this month. I hadn't realized. So there you go. Just another anniversary. <laughs> Just <laughs> another day. <laughs> Great. Good stuff. Yeah. Long may it last. Very good. Long, Very good. Long may it continue. Sonia, in this show, what we do, uh, Dave and myself are uh, basically the people who post the shows. But other than that, we're uh, contributors just like everybody else. The decisions around HPR are made on the mailing list and we bring them to your attention here so that you can provide feedback, if any, to the mailing list. Silence, for the most part, is considered to be agreement. Um, So shall we go through last month's shows beginning with my pocket knives dave which was a show contributed by yourself it was indeed it was indeed um excuse me my cat is yelling in the background asking to go out she doesn't realize it's bucketing down with rain outside so i'll just ignore it yes i did um and there's no knives in connection with the with the cat um but yes i'm yes i did a show (laughs) on, on pocket knives and there was one comment and that will be read by me. And the comment was by Retro. Link to the other knife podcast. Hi, Dave. Thank you for this podcast. A nice knife is like a nice fountain pen. Way too little chances to use it while it is such a nice product. Thanks for your hint. I listened to the podcast about O-P-I-N-E-L and it reminded me about mine somewhere in a box. I was disappointed that it wasn't stainless steel. I dug it out and learned that carbon steel is harder and you can get a patina, 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 Mm -hmm. thank you, thank you, to uh, other metals. Now I like this rusty knife because I understand. Smiley face, cheers, (laughs) retro. That's rather nice. Yeah, yeah. I made a reference to Shane Shannon's show from some time ago where he's talking about um, the fact that he had an opinel, I think it's pronounced, knife french knife but it's very popular to carry in the pocket for cutting up baguettes and cheese and all that sort of stuff personally i don't see the point of a knife myself i just have cunt all on says he with a potato knife stuck on a magnet right here next to him okay i take that back I was just going yes. to go into, oh, my life, I know, I never use a knife. And then right here, right next to me, literally here, holding in my hand is a potato knife. Uh, that's uh, fierce handy. Fierce well, handy. yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I use my uh, Swiss Army knife a fair bit because it's, it's got really, really sharp, thin blades. And it's great for um, cutting bits of wood and, and that sort of stuff. And it's got a saw in it and a pair of scissors. Like that one, the the French Durol knife doesn't get a huge lot of use. It is actually quite useful if you're out and about and you want to eat something that is good to cut up, you know, like an apple or something. If you like cutting apples, and um, uh, the the one I just bought, uh, Roxon, it's been opening Amazon packages most of the time. <laughs> Oh, right, yeah. really you do know they have a tab that you can pull <laughs> not always no they very often it's a box with lots and lots and lots of tape on it and then lots and lots of bits of brown paper scrunched up inside and stuff like that so uh, yeah it's it's useful for cutting through the tape okay the following day we had a show from myself fixing ebooks with calibre and pdf crop um 
yeah, horrible. PDFs are genuinely horrible. But PDF crop was nice that you can crop the margins from a PDF to put them onto. If you're forced to read them on an e-reader, that that's what you can do. Mm, yeah, PDF is not a nice format, is it? It it, uh, it would be lovely if you could sort of convert it into a more usable format easily and uh, work work with that, like e ebook or one of those e EPUB is what I'm talking about, isn't it? Yeah, EPUB EPUB is is nicer because it tends to format itself better. Yeah, this was a this is a a book that contained heavily heavy amount of graphics, so the solution was in the end to buy the two books physically mm. on paper. Yeah, so, fair, fair enough. Good. Okay. Following interesting day. though. Interesting show I should say, yes. Uh, it's one of these that I doubt is going to be a whole lot of interest or use to anybody, but uh, hopefully somebody will come across it someday and go, hey, thanks, that's it. Uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, I, it's one that I hope never, nobody will ever use, but if they uh, if they do, at least they won't be in as much pain as I was doing it. <laughs> Following good. day, we have Paul Quirk, who convinced me to install Nextcloud which kicked off a whole series of things which involved SSDs and, okay, all the rest of it. But anyway, fine. Uh, a mm, good show. Mm. I, yeah, I know. I didn't, I knew that Nextcloud existed. I knew it had some things I wanted. I knew at one point I wanted to install it, but I didn't know it had so many features. Paul gave a really good summary of all the goodies that it contains, and I really got to get myself organized to, to install it. I've got such a queue of things I need to be installing, but that's yeah, certainly exactly. one one on that list. Uh, do you want to do Windigo's uh, comment? So, yeah, Windigo says, Nextcloud and self-hosting. Thanks for the overview of Nextcloud. I run my own instance, and half of the apps you mentioned were news to me. It's become an essential part of my network, and I'm still finding more uses for it. Very cool. That is excellent. Uh, one thing on that, if people are into own cloud, etc., is there a backup solution for Android phones somewhere? That's a, a general call out. I've been baiting my head against the wall for the last, I think, four years trying to come up with the definitive backup solution for uh, Android phones. Specifically, not really that interested in the uh, in the applications because I get everything from F Droid, uh, but more for the data. Yeah, um, yeah. So I had hoped that there was something, you know, the magic that would that that you can plug in to your Android phone to connect to Nextcloud. So anybody has a sh uh, any information on that, please record a show and send it in. Mm. Thank you. That would be most interesting. So the following day, we had LastPass Security Dashboard, which was a show by a hookah in his uh, Privacy and Security series. Not his, but in the Privacy and Security uh, series. So I must say, I don't use LastPass because I have uh, I use KeePass XC with browser integration, and that works out swimmingly for me. But I can imagine that... This might be something that you would be into if you. Uh, he he gave a very good um, rundown of it, and it might be a solution for many people. I think. Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm sure LastPass is fine. I don't think I have the need for it personally. I also use KeePass XC um, at your your 
I'd used KeePass, I didn't realise that it turned into KeePass XC, which is a lot nicer. Um, but I don't need, see the need for LastPass, but that, that's because I pretty much uh, stay in one place a lot of the time, don't exactly. move around, around much. I think LastPass would allow me to, to move about more easily and have access to my passwords. And But I'd have to pay money, which I don't want to do particularly. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Insert your own Scottish joke here. <laughs> well, you know. Why pay money when you don't have to, eh? Exactly. I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, the HPR community news from August. We obviously didn't say anything controversial because uh, there were no comments. Indeed. And Indeed. How and why one should compost by Klaatu. And I really enjoyed this one because uh, I was... We have been composting. And uh, essentially there's... Here there's a green bin that you get. There's um packaging bin that you get for plastics and um, that sort of thing. There's a black bin for all other waste products, a paper bin, and yeah, and the green bin then for organic stuff. But since we use the compost heap, we don't use the green bin at all, pretty much ever. Everything goes on it. And mm-hmm. there was a big dip in the garden this year because we moved some plants and then I just emptied the compost heap onto it. And it was awesome, really all the life that's around it's yeah composting is 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 good if you if you're into gardening big time i think yeah i mean i was brought up with my my father uh, where we lived had a big garden and uh grew lots of stuff in it because you know post-war everybody was yeah, growing exactly. their own and uh compost was a was a big part of that i've actually um had a worm bin I've got a compost bin, and also I had a worm bin for a few years. Um, you have to order the worms and put them in it. And uh, that blooming cat is so noisy today. Yeah, <laughs> she's uh, she's scratching she's... at something. <laughs> she's she sleeps about ninety percent of the day, but just now she's decided. Now this is time to get up and do uh, tap dancing and stuff. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, anyway, yeah, um, the worm bin is an interesting thing because you get a sort of liquid compost out of the, the, the bottom of it. And you can tune in to Dave's episode on worm bins coming up <laughs> soon to a podcast. And, you know, there's, a, there's a little girl down the road who uh, is very, very keen on anything to do with animals. And she used to, it was a friend of, a sister of my daughter's friend. And uh, she used to come around every so often and say, could I have a look in your worm bin? Because you could see all the worms in there. And uh, she thought that was really cool. cool. So there you go. There's so many things you can do with, with compost. And that's a perfect example of a little show out of the ordinary. Excellent. Thank you, Clatu. Yes, indeed. Yes, thank you, Clatu. It was excellent stuff. Cedric de Vroy uh, sent in a fingerprint access control lull about how to uh, how to physically penetrate a building. There are two comments. First one, which I'll read. Uh, actually, I should have picked the second one. <laughs> okay, Pisa, we need the need for meta procedures. Hi, Cedric. This is a fascinating episode. 
uh, it seems amazing that a company which is sufficiently concerned about security to hire a pen testing team did not have a procedure in place to ensure access control system server was protected with something better than admin slash admin. My guess is that they did have such procedures, but they were insufficiently monitored. You can have the tightest standards and procedures in the world, but there is no checking for the compliance. But if there is no checking for compliance, they are worthless. Mm. Yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. It's yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an excellent show. I did enjoy listening to, to this. It's the real stuff, eh? Uh, Huka says, fantastic show. Love this show, and I hope he does more war stories for us. Indeed. The following day, as part of Arl Songs Considered, Paul Quirk took advantage of the power of the Creative Commons license to treat us to uh, Vivaldi's Four Seasons, one of my favourite pieces, I must say. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. thoroughly yeah, enjoyed this. Quite a treat, actually. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting anything like that. I um, I find that I do things to HBR shows that don't that tend to be against uh, music like this, like yeah. speeding it up, for example. <laughs> yes, yeah, truncating silence. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I, I was doing both. <laughs> and I had to go back and get the, the original to listen to it properly. But, same uh, here. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's really nice, though. Yeah. Was, uh, I had the advantage of... that I was posting it, so I knew what was coming, so I <laughs> already had copied them off. Yes, I, I I sort of knew, but it, the, the the pressure of the things I forgot. <laughs> there yeah. you go. So, but uh, yeah, it was, it was really good. Yeah, it was. I think Valdi's Four Seasons was the first CD I ever bought. You know, mm-hmm. having been the vinyl, then um, cassettes, then being able to afford a CD player, and then you know and and listen to it on cd was 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 wonderful um mm. because it was it seemed to be a lot more clear i'm not sure if that was actually true but in my, in my mind it was but uh, yeah great great piece of music my brother did um after he co- uh, finished college he uh, spent two years in japan and he brought home a digital alarm clock for my parents at the time and the wake-up sound was Valdi's Four Seasons thing. <laughs> oh, nice. And, yeah, exactly. And that it was that alarm clock that introduced me to uh, classical music. And uh, and also the fact that on cassette tapes, which I bought, it was a lot cheaper to get uh, classical music than it was to buy, uh, to buy any other type of music. So I would uh, have to save up for a few weeks to, to buy a, a cassette tape of anything popular but uh you could you know go to the bargain bin and take out something for 50p in the classical yeah, range i did the same thing um in in the days when i discovered this i'd, I'd been given for christmas a uh, a record player the sort that um you carried around with a handle you didn't wind it up but uh but it was electric but but uh <laughs> It was I'm not that old. <laughs> I had one of those as well. I'm not President Trump. <laughs> but uh, it was, um, I yeah, the same sort of thing. I, they I couldn't afford a lot of the music, and I found in shops that it was possible to to buy LPs of stuff, and I bought them and was listening to them and learned stuff like uh, 
um, Warjak's New World and uh, Beethoven's Fifth and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Listen to him over and over and over and over and over again. Till and he, then, uh, I don't, I don't really like this very much. Oh, I'm actually liking this now. No, I love this. You know, you listen to it you know, yeah, exactly. seven times and you start to to enjoy it more. <laughs> so. And then you start hearing it in modern music, like they've just completely ripped off. This whole song is is nothing mm-hmm, more than mm-hmm. a rip off of this. Yes, yes. And in, Anywho, in adverts and and films and everything. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the following day, the GIMP transform tools by Ahuka in his GIMP series, and this one was uh, take an image, stretch it, rotate it, crop it, and so forth. So this is again a excellent series and you know what you should do actually with this is the you know your opensource.com uh where mm-hmm. you where you haven't announced to the world by the way that you and be easy and Flatu have put your aux series up there as a downloadable pdf for everybody which i put into the uh, developers channel in work um for those poor people suffering from aux fatigue so and that's yes. excellent mm-hmm. uh excellent shout out to everybody uh for doing that that was uh an excellent move and congrats on that and congrats to be easy and to you as well yes it's it seems to be a bit really popular um according to the message i got from Plateau just a day or so ago it's, mm-hmm. it's number number three uh in the download charts for um for the current month i think yeah, it's September, Russia. Anyway, yeah. it's, it's pretty popular. So that's uh, yeah, some excellent work all around. And uh, this is something that uh, I, I really think uh, Ahuka could have done for his uh, LibreOffice series, and might mm. consider doing mm-hmm. for the GIMP one. Yes, indeed. Yes. Yeah. It would. It would be great. It would be a great place to to go and uh, read these things. Although um, Ahuka's. Uh, uh, own website it contains a really good version of these of these shows that's where yep. most of his notes are so uh, you should follow follow the, the links there exactly and that's all under creative commons so again uh, nudge nudge tattoo wink wink so uh the following day we had how do i manage my podcasts and let me just give a spoiler here that i expected the word database <laughs> to be included in the solution and I was not disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, databases are cool, you know. Uh-huh. It's like Fez's uh-huh. too as well. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah, well, this is what this is what I do. It seems to work. It is, it is, it is. And Retro had a comment, uh Sansa MP three player. Hi Dave. I just like you I just like you, I have a Sansa MP3 player, uh, Clip Sport and Clip Zip. They are awesome. Something like 48 gigs play several hours if you treat them well and last several years. Mine is six years old. Og is not their strength, but they play most files. For this reason, I always subscribe to MP3. I also like at least, uh, I also like at least basic ID3 tags. The album is an important tag and only IDV3 works well on the Sansa firmware. Unfortunately, the zip at someday got stuck at refreshing your media. I read that you could open and flash Rockbox 
or try to access it via serial, but the housing is very tight, almost zero gap. I plan to listen to your Rockbox Flash podcast. I think there was a hint hint there. <laughs> uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Yes, I replied, Rockbox and Sansa players, hi, Reto. I've found that if the players lock up in some way, a very long press on the on-off button can reset them. It's worth a try anyway. Installing Rockbox is not difficult. All you need to do is download the installer, and there's a link, follow the instructions on the site. It's years since I've done it, but I remember it was very straightforward at the time. You don't need to dismantle the player in any way. I found the original SanDisk software was very poor, but Rockbox, in fact, I wrote to them and said, your software is junk. <laughs> not not quite like that, but, but uh, why doesn't it sort properly? Why does it, why can't you do that? They said, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, it doesn't do that, yeah. Go, sort of effectively go away sort of message. Mm-hmm. It's never never any point in writing to these people, but I had mm-hmm. to do it anyway. But, uh, yeah, I said the software mm-hmm. is very poor, but Rockbox has provided all the features I need for many years. Two comments on that. One, the, I don't know if the Sport and the Clip Zip are. Um, it, I don't know if it is possible to put Rockbox on them. Clip um, Zip, yes. I have one here and it's got Rockbox on. I'm okay. not so sure about the the, the uh, some of the later ones. Not so sure about it. I think not. Okay. And the second thing is you still have the original uh, firmware on there that you can get to. So you, mm-hmm. it's not an all-in-one deal. And about the refreshing media thing, I found that even if the long press doesn't work and you plug in a, what was it? You, you charge it or you discharge it fully, then you it will eventually come back and reset itself. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've also experienced that. Yeah, sometimes it's... Uh... The firmware's got itself in in a loop of some sort, and uh, sometimes just put plugging something into it will will wake it up, or as you say, you let it let it die by uh, running yeah. it to the battery's flat and then recharging. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good, excellent. Kevin O'Brien says, my Rockbox Sansa experience. My favorite combo was a Sansa Clip Plus with Rockbox. Sadly, Sandist stopped making them. Yes, agreed. And they're now as expensive as a cheap Android phone. So that's why mm. I switched to cheap Android phones. Yes, yes. I said in reply to that, no more Sansa Clip Plus. Hiya, Hooker. Yes, I was very sad to see the trend away from Sandist Sansa players that could run Rockbox and then their disappearance. I did manage to buy some new refurbished and second-hand players before prices became ridiculous and have survived on them for many years. When they have all stopped working, I don't know what I'll do. Okay. Introduction to Ansible. Clatu yet again up markets my introduction to Ansible episode, but fine, I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so annoying that the episode is so good. Fine, Clatu. Be a professional podcaster, see if I care. Um, yes. Not really a lot I can add to that, but if you uh, are wondering what Ansible is, give the show a listen. It will not waste your time. That's all I'll say. No, it's very good. The, only, the query I'd have would be, he was talking about writing YAML and how many spaces to put in various points. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely an issue. You can easily fall over that. But I use... Uh, well, obviously, I use Vim because I've talked about it so many times. But mm-hmm. m- I would think many other editors will know 
the formatting of YAML and will provide the indentation for you. Just hit the tab key or some equivalent to, to get the right indentation. Um, yep. So, you know, I don't, I've never had any particular problems with YAML formatting. But yeah, I, I just so, think they, uh, for some people, the tabs is a thing in their head. Case mm-hmm. has has uh, little lines, like gray lines, that tells you where the tabs are. But sometimes the tabs do get a little bit ridiculous with YAML. I, I don't like YAML at all as a as a formatting. I don't see any of the advantages and see nothing but disadvantages in using it. Yes, I know but it. There you go. It's. Um, I think I might have said this before, but I did write several tools for my team to mm-hmm. help them to manage uh, mailman mailing lists. We, we ran the mailman service for university. And uh, in order to do things, you, need, you needed to, to put stuff into a YAML file. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, they were constantly getting it wrong because of the, the indentation thing. Um, so, yeah, I came to regret using YAML for, for this purpose. But at that particular yep. time, there weren't many other choices um, it was going to be XML or something else, which would have been even more unpleasant for them, I think. Yeah, the other thing exactly. is, the other thing is, I just write in a note to myself here, really, but I'll share it. Um, I wrote, why do I accept YAML with all this weird indentation, but hate Python's indentation so much? There's something wrong in my brain that, that lets me accept one <laughs> and not the other. Yep. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand it, but it, it's real, and, and it's. I really dislike Python for the, for doing that. Uh, uh, uh. Anywho, the following day, Road to Communism and Freedom. Our heroes discuss their legacy and how they arrived at open source software and communism, and slightly better audio in this one, which is always good. Got better towards the end, I thought, to, mm-hmm. to further down the thing. Whether they'd read some of the comments and were, were boosting things, I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was quite interesting. Chris's uh, PhD sounds uh, quite uh, <laughs> quite interesting. If you like that sort of thing, but, uh, yeah, good. Okay, uh, following day, I'm learning Spanish. How I'm using a variety of tools to learn Spanish, and uh, yeah. Ahuka, good, solid episode with lots of uh, links. And, uh, yeah, I did the same learning Dutch. Good. Yeah, it was very cool. I hadn't quite appreciated the difference between Spanish-Spanish and uh, um, Latin American-Spanish. I'd love to know more about that. Not not, to, not that Ahuka uh, should tell me, but just find out a little bit more about it. Um, it's a bit like... Presumably a bit like uh, British English and American English. Yeah. And the following day was the second part of that uh, of that show. And then we moved on to uh, Tlatu's second part of the Ansible to Murrah Git repo, which was quite interesting. Yes. And also quite useful. Yes. It, it, um, I was listening to it without fully absorbing the, the details of it, obviously. Uh, but definitely something I want to get into. I want to learn to, to do. Um, I really need to get into Ansible, and that sounds like a, a good reason for doing so. Okay, and uh, no comments on these episodes. So 
a ramble with the Pentland Squires. Are you officially Squires, Dave? Are you? Are you, <laughs> well, I, are, you <laughs> are you attempting to climb up the social ladder there? Oh, absolutely! Using, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, using uh, titles that you're not uh, entitled to. It, I think it just means a landowner, actually, and I, I certainly Squire. own some land. It's a little teeny, teeny bit, but uh, yeah. I think it's, that's its traditional meaning, but uh, Pentland Squire is also a, a type of potato. So uh, it's just the knight's apprentice, Dave. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but later, but it, a village leader or lord of the manor might be called squire. Still yeah. later time, the term members of the landed gentry. With contemporary go. American usage, squire is a title given to justices of the peace or similar local dignitaries. It's uh, when I grew up in sort of the outskirts of London, it was quite common for people to say, Hello, squire, are you all right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. So, so, so I've obviously been a squire ever since I was six. Yeah, you've been knighted by, uh, by the Londoners, <laughs> fine. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, ah, a, it was a potato says. illusion, anyway. It was, a, it was a very, very, very feeble joke. Oh God! I need a beer, Dave. I need a beer. <laughs> Anywho, I'll do the two comments and then you can do your reply. How about that? Okay. Aaron says, "Nice conversation. Thanks for sharing it." I've only recent. Oh, <clears throat> Aaron, our now we know of listener who has as yet not submitted a show. Nice con- conversation. Thanks for sharing it. I have only recently discovered HBR. I'm enjoying the various topics and hosts. Thanks for a great resource. And you know what would make it even better, Aaron, is if you recorded and show and told us about yourself, where you're from, what made you listen to HBR in the first place. Zen Floater 2 says, Squirrels love local chit-chat. I'm sure they do. I especially enjoy local chit-chat conversations. I really should do more shows. There really should be more shows like these. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. So I said, thanks for the feedback. Aaron, Zen Floater Tooth, glad you're enjoying HBR and our chit-chat shows. They're quite fun to do. We'll probably make more when we can. Yeah, excellent. The following day, uh, Norris uh, had FreeBSD jails and IO Cage, which led to um, FreeBSD jails, by the way, is kind of the forerunner to Docker images, I guess. Uh, our allows users to run multiple isolated instances of FreeBSD on a single server. And IOKH simplifies the management of FreeBSD jails. And the comments uh, were, how would I do that? 0xf10e. Is the e superfluous? <laughs> We've always puzzled over that particular handle. Yes, I would love... That to be, or it should be that like, should I be reading that like Oxford? Oxflui? Oxflui? Hmm. We're doing not. a show. Not the first time we've asked this either, if I recall, Dave. Yeah, I believe so too, yes. Okay, shall I do this one? Oh, okay, if you want, yeah. Why an additional disk Z pool? Hi, Norris. Why? Do you recommend the second disk with the new pool to use for IO cage? Using IO cage on the host root FS pool works just fine. If I had a spare disk or even a cheap storage for a VPS, I would rather use it to mirror my system, including the 
IO cage dataset regards 0xF10e. To which, <laughs> to which Norris replies, second disk for IO cage. A second disk is not an absolute requirement if you are already using ZFS on route. I made the recommendation for a second disk because some VPS providers still default to UFS for the root partition. Thanks to 0xF10e for the feedback. Yes, interesting. More ZFS shows would be appreciated as well, by the by. More BSD shows in general since yep. BSD talk stopped. Mm-hmm. And Paul Quirk did it again. A collection of audio for our listening pleasure. Again, from uh, opennews.org. Beethoven, Chopin, and more Beethoven. Yes, it was nice. It was really good. I uh, I don't listen to that sort of music much these days. I don't really know why. So it, was, it really yeah, got me interested in um, getting back into into uh, more of this sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And also, I was looking for zone music, and then uh, classical is excellent. Get in the zone music, just as mm. a by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do have some uh, in my music folder. Um, bought off uh, Magnatune or whatever, or, or mm-hmm. copied off CDs from long ago. But uh, yeah, I just got out of the habit of listening to to that type of thing. I. Start using Spotify. My son's got a Spotify account which he let me use, but not keen on Spotify because it just keeps serving you up with stuff a bit like what you just listened to, and yeah. you can't actually listen to an entire um, piece of music very easily. You know, a whole a whole uh, chunk of uh, of classical music in in one go seems to yeah, it seems a it's a replacement for a radio station. I think yeah, yeah. And also, I don't like it because I can't right-click and go, here, listen to this, and know that I'm not tying somebody into uh, somebody who can't financially afford it, Hmm. or that later on when somebody somebody can financially afford it, later on won't be able to financially afford it. I I just really like the, the ease of which you can point somebody to some Creative Commons music and just go, here it is. You can download it, and it's yours. Yep. You know, yep. And I if agree. you want to pay, good and well. And then the quality of of music in that whole Creative Commons area is. At t- at, there was a time when it was a bit dodgy, but now there, the quality of music is equal, or in some cases, better than mm. mainstream. Yes. So. Yes. There's there's some really excellent stuff. Um, I listened to. Uh, the Bugcast uh, for for some of their stuff, and, and there's, there's some, some really wonderful stuff on there. So yeah, just to prove. Although there was one show of six shows ago where every single song was terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. One bad song after another, but that <laughs> was entire, entirely my preference. My preferences, and then occasionally you get one where it's. Excellent song after excellent song after excellent song. But I'm sure mm. Dave and Caroline consider all their songs to be excellent. So that's good. They love them all the same. <laughs> um, Colour tools. 
changing color and brightness in your image the GIMP series and again as Dave said earlier uh, more substantial show notes are available on Ahuka's website yeah this is great I enjoyed this and I keep thinking oh I really must go and look in more detail at this I do use GIMP from time to time and just in a very superficial way um, this would be would be good to uh, to be able to be more adept at its use based on some of the yeah. information here. And as with the LibreOffice um, episodes, I know, I don't think there's anything he's, I don't think he's got to a level yet where he's talking about stuff that I wasn't aware of in the game because I've been using it for a while. But with LibreOffice episodes, he got to a point where he was introducing topics where I was like, oh, all right, okay. And then two years later, I came across the kids asked me to do something and then I at least know that LibreOffice supports it. So, you know, you're you're at an advantage right there. And then it's a matter of finding out with Cho that he was talking about that particular topic. Track mm-hmm. down his website notes and then you're good to go. Yep. You look like the hero. Speaking of heroes, Lost in Bronx, taking one for the team. <laughs> silent. A weekend silence. Lost in Bronx tries eating nothing but Soylent, so you don't have to. Excellent. What do you think of this? This is great. This is great. I I did. I was listening to this and just so sort of making a few a few notes about it. And my first thing was to say, but why? Why eat Soylent at all? My daughter was in the room. She said what are you doing dad and I said I'm listening to this and so she got really interested in the whole subject being a, a recent biology graduate and stuff and the fact that um Lawson Bronx had, had had diarrhea as a consequence of eating it she said oh that's because his his gut flora must have hated it so yeah. eating eating something like that will mess up you know after you've been eating yeah, a particular yeah. range of foods will will cause your gut flora to to have uh, have a really bad time you know so uh, <laughs> yeah, but then sometimes if your your gut flora adapts to the food you're eating, so if you're eating, um, you know, basically if you have a bad diet, uh, you're eating, and you want to switch to a, a different type of diet, switching to Soylent might be uh, well, no, switching to healthier stuff, you'll run into the same issues that your gut flora has to adapt, and yes, it takes yes, a while. Yes. Yeah. It's I think it's part of that thing. If you if you ever go abroad to somewhere where the food is very mm-hmm. different, there's a sort of seasoning, so-called seasoning time when you, you you're getting used to the the local food, the, maybe the different different bacterial yeah, uh, yeah, flora yeah. that you're taking in and stuff like that that, that the locals don't notice, and then then you get stable it stabilizes. Then you go back home and you go through the same process again. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that's all about you know. A seasoning thing, and also gut flora just being being uh, messed around somewhat. So uh, yeah, it's it's um, it's a pretty sensitive uh, thing, I think, that uh, that's only recently become understood um, a bit more. But yeah, but, but I heard what? some paper where it has it has the ability to change uh, pathway, pathways in your brain, to send signals to your brain, your mm-hmm. good, good mm-hmm. flora. Really? Yes. You have no clue what's going on in the world, Dave. No clue whatsoever. I hear, I've hear. i heard a few discussions about this in the, the context of 
your uh, when bacteria in your gut produce particular uh, hormones in some cases then the pathway from the lining of your gut to the vagus nerve which is the one that that um uh, looks after the the whole digestive system to your brain is actually pretty short so yeah. you know things like whether you are you're depressed or not and those sorts of things can be controlled by uh diet and bacteria this is the two i think but, yeah uh, strange there's there's a lot of stuff there that's that's going to take many years to 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 understand completely but uh, starting starting to happen and but, anybody uh, just on this topic who's shouting down their microphone at us uh, shouting down their uh, audio player at us yeah press record on that device and send in your show i'm sure Feel there free. are people who who know more about this stuff than than i do at least please but, do uh, yeah it would be it would be fascinating to hear hear more about it but i i don't just going back to the soil and i don't quite mm. see the the part the point of it Unless you hate cooking oh, uh, he was, and hate um, eating so much, it, it, I, I think he was a programmer, and he said he just didn't like to come out of the zone, and was thinking, um, if we had, what if I just bypassed the whole eating thing, and for emergency situations, it would be cheaper as well, just to eat the rather than having to eat all this food, just by the cheaper compounds and then it will be a cheaper way to live mm, mm. yeah i know that, that sort of argument's been common in science fiction in my time of reading that sort of stuff you know the the the, the ideal future is that we just we don't eat food anymore we just have a pill and everything is fine but but look where that sort of thinking has got us right now you know well that, this is why they uh the International Space Station, they send up meals because they uh, they originally started with that sort of rehydrated, uh, well, you have to rehydrate the meals, but yeah, they they tried to make things tasty and stuff because it is uh, fundamental, it's a fundamental p- thing people need. Yes. Says he bluffing his way. Okay, second part of your chat with uh, Mr. X was the following day more episodes on 3d printing would be appreciated i still haven't got my pine phone it was supposed to be here in august i must uh, chase, chase them about that ah okay okay yeah it says it's in the in a warehouse in the uk somewhere but yeah yes it's um it's an interesting subject potentially so i'm, I'm intrigued to hear more about that personally mozilla with a the last one was mine, managing your Raspberry Pi fleet with Ansible, which was a collaboration with opensource.com. And that was the tattoo you just sent me. It was the second most popular article this month, which is kind of nice. Well, I thought, it was, I, did it. I thought it was brilliant, actually. I did. I just listened to it today because it takes me a while to catch up with everything. Um, and I was... It's nice to be able to read the text, um, the content as as you go in, and yeah. It really, yeah, I thought it was it was very um, very helpful and quite a revelation in terms of uh, what what you can do with Ansible. Um, so yeah, I, it's it's uh, it's really full of stuff that I 
I want to get into. Yeah, there's uh, there really is uh, if you're doing anything over and over again. If we're if you're t- talking about blah, 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 blah. okay, <laughs> no, I'm not going to edit that out because I'm not a professional podcaster, especially <laughs> after 15 years. Um, I'm because we re- I rebuild all these pies uh, so often. This it's just a lifesaver because you have a little script. And you don't even need to you just say, I want this pie to do this thing, to reboot this pie uh, or any other machine. It's just rather than having to traipse around, finding all of them, I can just run one script and it updates all the pies, all the laptops, all the desktops, everything in the house, and then we're done. It's awesome. Well, quite, yeah. I... Um... I had the experience in the past couple of days of my uh, magic mirror monitor thingy coming up and saying that it needed an update. So mm-hmm. I I had to I went to manually update it, you know, the git pull and an npm install and stuff, and uh, and it it blew up and uh, <laughs> it took me ages to to I, I think I missed a step. I think you know it, I think that was a Possibly a prime example of the human going in and doing stuff, not not being fully aware of what they're doing. And if if it had been automated in some form, a good chance you'd come out the other end to it, everything uh, good, you know. So uh, it, I was it was particularly appropriate to be listening to stuff about Ansible, thinking, yeah, well, I should really be uh, using that instead in some form or other. Yeah, it just simplifies things because even if you. You can take the uh, the SD card and just blow it away, and then put another one in. Today, I was uh, I've been doing this so often actually that I'm thinking of setting up an Ansible script that if it sees this MAC address, that it will assign the IP address that I have in my host file to it in an Ansible script. So generate the Ansible script on the fly to assign the IP addresses. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not use DHCP on the on the server cause or on the router? Cause I don't like that. That's not backup of a bubble. And routers, Wi-Fi routers that you get tend to be proprietary in nature. Oh sure, sure. Uh, yeah. So y- all of your machines have fixed IPs. Yeah. 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 Me too. Me too. Which which makes me feel a lot more comfortable. But uh, I know what a thing is when I go and look at look at IPs floating about and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, just seems to make a lot more sense. So that was that for the shows, Dave. It is, yeah, yep. So in terms of comments, we only have one that mm-hmm. we didn't cover, and it was your comment that you typed while we were recording last the last show, I think. <laughs> so we actually have covered it, Dave. <laughs> You said what you'd sent, so yeah. That was yep. to op- operators show 3146. And uh, yeah, you actually said that, didn't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So there's nothing really to, else to say about the comments. So in the mailing list, HPR URL doing weird things, which is essentially if you put parameters at the end, uh, like Facebook click equals blah, then the HPR website doesn't accept that. Um, this led to a thread on HPR where uh, 
where I basically explained uh, Facebook is adding parameters to someone else's website URL. Please ask Facebook not to send additional query parameters. All right, that's a bit smarmy. Fine. Uh, but I've taken the approach with the website that I know what it's supposed to accept. So nobody else should be sending me anything else other than what I'm supposed to accept. But apparently it's a thing now that Facebook and um, Google and things like Slack add their own query parameters to track you, which I believe bypasses the, uh, or at least bypasses people's privacy. Um, And I was surprised that more people weren't commenting on that. People seemed happy enough that I remove it. So we now support this feature, uh, even though it goes against my personal um, feelings on the matter. I think uh, it's bad practice to be tracking people and tracking people without their consent. Um, but yes. we now parse them off. And in future, we this won't be an issue because it'll be a flat hitch. It won't be PHP site anyway, so you can send whatever you want. But that's pretty much the discussion. But there was a time here in HPR, Dave, that uh, people would have objected to that change. Well, so yeah. Is the listenership yeah. changing or or what? Yeah, people punch drunk from all the all the crap that's, uh, that's ongoing all the time. It's uh, yeah. To me, this is a complete obscenity. It it it, it annoys me intensely. But um, and I would just drop the whole bloody thing and, and uh, not respond to it. But <laughs> It's a little bit extreme, I, I agree. But but Facebook is one of the most evil um, companies in the, the world, and it's it's destroying many countries' uh, democracy. It's it's part of what is undermining democracy across across the world and causing all these obscene dictator fascists to uh, to to come into being. So, the so, views of Dave Morris do not necessarily reflect those of HPR and <laughs> its affiliates or as a sub So, so, blah, blah, so blah. I have other, I have, I have other fairly strong feelings are. about this. You might yeah. have gathered. So, I, which I don't normally voice, but uh, but yeah, it it is. I mean, it's that sort of, and it's 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 not only that they're facilitating these these sorts of movements and and getting involved in politics at, at levels which are very, very evil. But they're just bloody monitoring us to, to, in order to make money from us. And that well, disgusts me beyond, what you, beyond belief. Yeah, but that's what you're getting, Dave. You're, a few years ago, people were paying, uh, what was it, five cents or something for every SMS message you sent. Now we're getting that for free. So where, where is the money? Unless you're paying for something somebody's making a book mm-hmm. off it and they're making mm-hmm. a book off that. So that to me is entirely reasonable. There are some of the things that Facebook are doing um, that I, I consider that fine. You know, that is, that is what they're doing. But um, when it's this one, particularly um, I find a bit egregious because if you're on the Facebook site and you paste in the link, then I, as somebody who has no relationship with you whatsoever, now has a means to track you um, on a completely independent site and GDPR-wise, uh, the, the, the privacy law, 
I have no relationship with you. I have no reason to be collecting this information. And yet I, I do have this information and I can pass it back to whoever I like and they can pass it uh, back to whoever they like. And now we can track this person. That seems That seems rather egregious to me just on the whole. And also the fact that you have a website and you're dictating what somebody else's website now needs. Your, somebody else's website is now no longer going to work because of a decision you have taken. And oh, but that's okay because the majority of people are using that. That that doesn't sit well with me. No, no, I mean neither. Should we read the comments or what? It's quite a quite a lot. <laughs> anyway, at the end of the day, I caved and uh, yeah. We support this. Well, insofar as we don't log it, we just get rid of it on Ingress. But I think it's yes, a sad, we, sad day. We ignore it effectively, don't we? The, yeah. uh, it's being filtered out. But uh, the alternative being to, to block it. So I guess it's 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 one of those um, be, uh, be a little bit less than extreme in your response to these things. Well, there's a reason I'm extreme is because we are under attack uh, constantly. And I know um, the, the Cedric put in one of his comments that if I'm checking this and if I'm checking something else, then we should be okay. But the fact of the matter is I already know at the, at the end of my driveway if somebody is a scumbag. So why should I let them come the whole way up to my front door to be knocking on all my doors in my house to see can they get in if I can stop them on the driveway? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Does, does it make sense? You know, I see a scumbag coming in and you go, oh, that's fine. Come on in. And then they come up to your front door and they go, oh, I've got this thingy here. I've got this thing and this is allowed. So let me in the front door. Oh, sure, that's grand. Come on in. Oh, what are you doing there? Oh, I'm breaking the windows and stealing all your stuff. <laughs> sure, that's grand. Well, because you got, you've got this ticket that lets you in. No, I know you're, I know you've been trying to break into my house from the driveway. So I'm keeping you down there. And worse than that, I'm going to delay every request you make so that everybody else gets in before you. Because I know you're hostile. Yeah. But I'm not the only one in that. There are several other websites out there that that do implement this. And for the amount of traffic that we get from Facebook anyway, because, you know, a few hundred uh, links in all that time in the 15 years that we were here. But fine. Fair enough. It is what it is. It's a done deal. It's a compromise, and uh, sometimes compromises are necessary, I guess. But uh, no, well, it's they. It, it was discussed on the mailing list. They, um, the agreement on the mailing list was that we need to support it, and we now support it. I don't have to like what <laughs> I have to implement, but yeah, that is what we've done. This is HPR at work, but I can bitch about it, Dave. I can. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Please do. <laughs> Anywho, uh, the full discussion on that is actually quite interesting. Um, and uh, have a read of it. Uh, RPG Club. Oh, this is an interesting one. So, you know the book club. Klaatu wants to do a similar thing with uh, the uh, with RPG Club, which would be, uh, too long, didn't read, where is it? Subscribe to my gaming mailing list to get updates on when I'm going to hold an online RPG session that you can join. And basically the games they're going to try is Shadowrun, uh, Swords and Sorcery, Pathfinder 1, 2, Starfinder, Castles and Crusades, Death Earth, sorry, Dead Earth, 
Mystic D6, Open D6, Mythos and Madness, D&D 2, Dragon Lace specifically, D&D 5, Dungeon Raiders, Murder Hobos, Iron Swords, D4 Core, to name but a few. And then they're going to basically uh, play that for a month and then do a, at the end of each month, I'd like to record an episode reviewing the game system we just played. Yes, and it's inspired by the book club. Sounds great. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. My son has been banned from that, much to his. Well, he said himself he would love to do it, but he doesn't have the time at school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, there is that. And uh, uh, don't know to tell you, during the summer, Tlatu put on a special game for my kids, basically. <laughs> Yes, I, you did mention something about about uh, your son being particularly keen on everything. Yeah, he's on the, on the Wednesday, Thursday game, but uh, Tatu also put on a game for him and my uh, my daughters and one of their friends, and it was the nicest thing ever. He was just <laughs> just a uh, they all got into it, and a really, really, really nice guy is uh, Tatu. For those who didn't know. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then there was the community news stuff. Anything else that we missed? Um, we've had a few uh, tags and thingies. Cool. Uh, scroll, scroll. Uh, yes, we had. Good old Windigo. Windigo contributed seven updates. So uh, he's he's. Just going through old shows when the when the mood takes him, I think. And uh, if he spots stuff without tags and summaries, then he sends them in, which is which is absolutely Excellent. fantastic. Yeah, I know. I always drop him a quick note uh, by email to say, "Oh, thanks very much. They're all they've been added." Blah blah blah. We have a little chat about all sorts of things. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great. I was going to do some myself, but I just not had a had a chance to. To yeah. uh, to get to anything, but um, yeah, so we're, we're gradually gradually moving forward. Yeah, should actually have a feed, Dave. Of says he making work for himself, a feed of shows that don't have tags. That should be easy enough to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't be that hard, would it? I mean, the, uh, the page that gives you the list of. I mean, the idea was that there would be a thing you could go to in terms of a web page and say. Well, that looks interesting. I'll listen to that and then send in mm-hmm. some tags. That was the that was the intention. Um, yeah, we could do uh, could do that. All right. Yeah. That said, they remember last month I was going to do something, and then that led to me trying to get a pie going, and then that led to me uh, that whole chain of events of knock on events leading to knock on events are still not finished. <laughs> yes. I have I have a number of projects here, which which have been started and then other things have distracted me or been asked yeah. to do something else. Mm, yes, so yes, I, I had a conversation with my son this past week where I was saying, "Oh yeah, I've been doing some work in that area," and he said, "Oh, that sounds interesting. Can I see?" And I suddenly realised that it's in one of the stack of boxes that I've got available here. I don't even know which one it was in in order to show him what an ESP32 looked like or whatever. Uh, ah, I think I think I have a problem here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking on things that I can't finish, which is, uh, you know, 
unfinished stuff before taking well, on anything you else. You need a database, Dave, to keep this all Oh, yeah, control. yeah. There's a project. Oh, yeah, I must definitely do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, stop it. God. Stop it. Where stop are we it. Going? <laughs> anything else coming up? Oh, yeah. Um, Fostem is online this year. Did I mention that? Did we mention you, that last You said time? it to me, yeah, but we didn't. Yeah. I don't think we mentioned it on uh, on here. So not, not that I recall, anyway. So that would be very good. When's it going to be? It's going to be February, late January, February yeah, again. Yeah, something like it? that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So no change for you. It'll be the same as last year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll not be going, and I'll be looking at, at it from a yeah, distance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got good. to attend more uh, more episodes than we did, or more uh, talks than we did. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it. Right, Dave. That was a very political show, I must say. Now, strong views held. If we don't get any comments from this one, I would be. Hugely surprised. Yeah, yeah. Well, Disappointed. You know, we tried. Even. We, tried. We, we must try and, uh, you know, script it better next time. Yeah, I thought, comments uh, and... I thought you really, really uh, put that whole Facebook in there quite well. You know, you did that quite well. Yeah. And I know yeah. you're on Facebook the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. T- yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, you uh, can uh, contact me on Facebook at dot, 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 dot. My tracking ID is 402. <laughs> yes. Uh, I saw, did you ever see that, uh, I think it's a Belgian ad, where somebody goes into the bakery and then all go people come up to him and put post-it notes on. And they, and they um, the baker asks him for his name and, and asks people for their name and address and contact information, male or female, <laughs> just <laughs> ask them to take the terms and service. No, um, I, I, that sounds horrific. Well, there, there it, was, was, it was a, a um, it was a joke on the whole, you know, online purchasing tracking thing. It's quite quite funny. Well, there was a time there was um, they they've more or less disappeared now. But the Radio Shack Tandy company that that's I don't know still big in the states. Is it still exists in the states? No, I think but they've it, uh, folded. Have they gone gone completely. But there were a number of shops in in the UK. There was one in Edinburgh, and it was quite a reasonable source for electronics bits. I remember going in there where they when they had adopted a new scheme that if you ever bought anything, they wanted you to fill in your name, your address, and all sorts of other stuff. And uh, yeah, I was Michel Souris for for years and years. Oh, thank you, Mister Souris. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Well, if, and that just people just did that, and yeah, yeah. that was part of the, the rot setting in, I think. But well, I, I think it's good actually that you hold GDPR now because here you go. Why do you need that information? Yeah, well, we need that information. No, you don't. You you don't need it for the direct processing of of this task. You only need the basic information, and you should not be collecting anymore because it's a law in every country in the Europe. Mm-hmm, there you go. Mm-hmm. But yep. soon you'll be free from all that, Dave. <laughs> Only about two more months. Oh yes, when Brexit cast off here, those shackles, it'd be wonderful. Yes, yes, yes. We'll all be able to. We'll be dancing in the street and everything. Yeah, it'd be wonderful. Can't wait. That's right. enough. That's, that's, that's enough politics. I'm going to, uh, <laughs> to post the show, and uh, I'll I'll give you an, send you an update. Tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public. Radio. Radio. Send in your Halloween shows, by the way, people. If you are, uh, we are kind of low on shows. 
So if you're doing anything for Halloween anyway, uh, send in your shows. Send in your shows how you're dealing with lockdown. We're back in super lockdown mode here-ish, almost nearly stay at home, maybe sort of indecisive Dutch government sort of lockdown. Is it a lockdown? Is it not? Who can tell? Yes. Scotland was doing quite well as far as um, uh, COVID-19 cases were concerned, but in the first round, but second round, wow, it's got really bad. Glasgow's astonishingly bad. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, oh, it's, it's locking down right, left and centre here. We're uh, breaking records every day, new, new virus uh, hitting. And we appear to be the only country in the world who doesn't think that wearing face masks is a good thing. It's uh, so weird. So weird. I know it's... it's uh, why why this would be a controversial thing, I don't know. But Well, they're partly... saying the science isn't there to support it, but mm-hmm. I've, I've read articles myself which says it, it does. But they're, they're saying... Uh, that for every 200,000 people wearing a face mask, the number of people is who gets contaminated is down by one. But I, that doesn't seem to rhyme with the other data that I've, or the other studies that I've seen. It's really weird. Uh, but it is, as you say, that there's not been any real, really good studies. Um, I've got another show coming out next month where I chatted with Andrew Andrew Conway um, McNallow, where we got onto this this subject and and uh, okay, I'll listen to that. So so yeah yeah, it's uh, ah okay. it's, the, the historians it. are going to have such a such fun digging through this yeah. nonsense. Really. Yeah, exactly. And ours will be the only record because we're on archive.org and that will survive. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Hello, my alien brothers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. And I haven't had anything to drink. I think it's time I do. Yes, Talk to yes. you later, Dave. Uh, same here. Okay, see you I'll, later. Ta-da. I'll post the show. Oh, and by the way, I got the hard disk for it. Whoops. I got... Why is an external hard disk more expensive than an internal hard disk? It's half the price. Hmm. And I've got an adapter for the internal hard disk, which is coming from somewhere. So it's half the price for internal hard disk with an adapter. So I'll see what mm-hmm, the mm-hmm, what the mm-hmm. benefits are. Well, I anyway, could, that I... is going onto the Pi Four, which is going on my rack of Pies. Maybe I'll do a show on that. And that's where I want to move uh, Marvin, who who does the transcoding mm-hmm, of the shows. Mm-hmm. Oh, and people listening. Yes, I know we did the traditional sing out, so this is extra material at the end. <laughs> I had an idea that we could check into Git a SQL file with all the information about the shows, check it out, populate an SQLite database, go through all the processing of posting to shows, adding a new show from a JSON file, posting it into the SQLite database, push that back to Git, and then push that out to the internet so that the whole... HPR thing is replicated in Git. Is that a sane concept? Write in. Better yet, uh, record a show and send that in. More information available on the mailing list if you want it. Uh If you ask for it, actually. Okay, that's it. Tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Happy Probably Radio. We've already done that. Talk to you later. Live (laughs) data.
<laughs> okay, bye bye. I'm just going to stop now. Bye. bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.